Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I feel like this is like the last Freedom Friday that we got. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas, Rajim Seabrook. What up? Riding with you here on your Friday. We are both rolling in hot. The reason I'm saying it's the last free Friday we got is because we love to freestyle on these Fridays. And uh, then when, when football season rolls around, we got a lot, a lot more construct to the show. A lot of uh, segments we got to appease. And it's going to be all good. Can't wait for it. We'll, we'll continue. Like, once high school football season starts, Friday's shows are going to be all about Friday Night Lights. We're going to have our Garden City Spotlight featuring all three uh, head football coaches from the AA high schools here in Missoula. We'll also have our Coach's Corner featuring another uh, high school coach from around the state previewing all the action. We'll also get you set up for what's going on in college football on Fridays as well. But we're not going to be able to just, you know, completely go off the rails and freestyle. So this is like a a day where we're going to just have some fun. I don't even have my computer. Rajim's rolling in straight out of fall camp. What I'm saying is this is going to be the best show of the year. Thanks for joining us. Where's my uh, Lotus, man? I know, I'm sorry. That's the only we're... thing that would be the cherry <laughs> on top of the Sunday, man. Hey, we, you know I got a whole cooler full of weird drinks back there. So we'll, we'll find you something. We'll find you something for sure. Uh, how's the day? Uh, by the way, uh, fall camps around the state of Montana Woo! for football, for, college, for, uh, for high school football, open today. The, the college teams have been going, I guess MSU's been going since uh, the Thursday before last. And the Grizz, they opened last Friday, but then uh, 
actually took the practice field for the first time uh, on Monday. Monday. But here we are today. We are officially two weeks out from the opening Friday of high school football. And it should be super, super fun. So, uh, Rajim coaching over there at Sentinel. How, how was it today? How, how you guys? I mean, it's hot. It's not as hot as it could be, though. Well, first of all, first time in seven years, we're not dealing with smoke. For sure. Like, I don't, don't care if it's it. 102 degrees outside. The fact that none of us smells like a bag of Lay's barbecue chips at the end of practice <laughs> was awesome. Um, it was great. You know, first day practice, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of mystique. There's a lot of... This is weird. Where the guys from last year? Where some of the coaches? So, you know, it's it's always like a family reunion. You, you kind of come back. Who's who? What's what? Who's here? Who's not? And uh, you know, who made it through the summer? So, uh, yeah, the purple and gold are are, are looking um, are looking okay so far. You know, for day one, you can't we won't brag and we can't complain. So that's where we stand. We'll be rolling through some high school football talk, some college football talk, some NFL talk. We will also hear from Bobby Houck. The head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, we also have a fantasy football discussion. I got lucky. I got my number one pick in, in my uh, number one fantasy football league. So we're going to debate who are the, some of the top ten guys that I could possibly choose. We got one text that said, if you don't pick Patrick Mahomes, you're an idiot. Truth. I, actually, I actually think if you do pick Patrick Mahomes as the number one overall pick, you're an idiot. Oh, with the overall? No, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You can't no, pick no. a quarterback with the number no, one overall no, pick. No, 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 It's all about value. It's all about value added, added, value Truth. added. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. There's no question about it. But the, his statistical production is not going to be that more extreme than his peers as compared to some of the other skill guys that you can get, a la Justin Jefferson or Travis Kelsey or you know a variety of other guys that we shall discuss yes, and uh, maybe help me, help, help me get locked in. Uh, we'll keep on doing Big Sky Conference non-conference schedules, ranking the, uh, the top non-conference opponents from across the league, and uh, we'll have a whole bunch of fun. So thanks so much for riding with us here on Nuanas. Now, if you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com or on uh, our ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Regish Brothers RV phone line. We, we've gotten so much feedback about our discussions about college football realignment. I appreciate all of our phenomenal guests for coming on, whether it's Sam Herter from Hero Sports, Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor, or Matt Brown of the Extra Points newsletter. We've had some great discussions this week, so if you want to catch up and you didn't hear any of those or, or maybe you want to listen again, please check out the podcast. There is so much nuance, detail, uh, just tangible numbers. I think a lot of times as sports people, we we deal in emotion and transaction, but we don't mm. actually deal in tangible, cut and dry. Facts. There, there's a lot that goes into this college realignment, man. Preach! And it's all about money. It's all about the budget. It's all about the way that you generate revenue. It's like a finance class, way more than it is like a, a, a sports class. We've been trying to put that in perspective. A lot of you have given us great feedback on where you hope this whole thing settles when it comes to college football in the Rocky Mountain West. But I've also heard some people say in feedback, man, you guys are just overly negative about it. So that's what I want from you. Triple eight one zero two nine. Tell me the reasons we should be positive about this, because I can't seem to really find any. I do think that when all the stuff settles, the dust settles. I do think that the best case scenario for Montana and Montana State 
could be in to be in a more competitive and more cohesive league. The drawback there is if it's not a redefined division, it's going to eliminate the opportunity to win a national championship. So Agreed. You, you could get into the same league as Utah State and Colorado State and Wyoming and all that in the in the dream scenario, mm-hmm. which would be great. I think that's better actually for the fan base than playing, you know, UC Davis and Cal Poly or whatever it might be in terms of conference games, mm-hmm. but does it eliminate the opportunity to actually compete for national championships? So if you're out there and you think that there is some positive thing that's happened with the complete fracturing of college football, <laughs> text us, 406-888-1029. We'll have a Garden City Spotlight to highlight some of the best uh, players from around the city of Missoula to watch. Uh, but we'll start just uh, with Sentinel in general. I mean, it's been a great run for the Spartans, but it also seems like there's a little bit of a renewal here. Sentinel's been in the Final Four four years in a row, won back-to-back state championships. Uh, but a lot of the familiar faces that we've been talking about for the last four years are gone. So this, I, I think that's exciting for you guys as a coaching staff, though, a chance to have sort of a new identity there at, at Missoula Sentinel. You know, first and foremost, you are absolutely correct. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, Mr. Nuanez. Um Yes, the Zach Cruises are gone. You know, the Adam Joneses are gone. The T.C. Christensen's are gone. The Kellen Curtises, the you know, the Nate Whites, the uh, the 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 Joe Whites. I love them, but good. And the reason why I say that, and I know there's Spartan fans being like, I can't believe Coach Seabrook just said that. They were so monolithic. Those final four appearances, the back-to-back state titles, undefeated seasons, that's a long shadow to live in. And sometimes you get cast in the mold to have to replicate, duplicate, and re-emulate everything your your, your, um, people that came before you were supposed to do, and they clump you together by identity. This team gets it, like, when we lost for the first time in 33-plus games, like, that was the best thing that ever happened to us. Like those kids were relieved on, and some, some of them were relieved because we don't have to live up to this expectation anymore. Right, totally. Now we create our own molds. We create our own expectations. We start our own streak. We start our own thing. And I think that is so important. And coach uh, Dane Oliver in particular this week was like, what's our identity? Like we don't have those dudes anymore. They're not in the locker room lingering presences anymore. You know, the specters of the past. So, um, you know, it's all about new identity, which will inevitably make you think, play, and and, and behave differently. So, um, you know, kudos to the Zach Cruz classes of before and Adam Jones and everyone that came. Sure. But like Ryland Orton and Ryland Jackson, Orr Jackson and, Lee, the guys yeah. that kind of set the table oh, early. All, all the Dylan yep. Diford, all those guys, yep. you know, yep. Soren Severud, yep. Gino. Um, Gino Leonard, for Gino sure. Leonard, but now, you know, it's about the Chase Cole. switch. Oh, J- you know, the, keep going. Keep Jackson I mean, Lee. Yeah, all the we're, dudes. we're just rattling off all the guys from Sentinel that have gone to the gone to the uh, the ranks of the college football ranks. So, yeah. it's been a lot of talent. But, you know, now it's it's time for the, the Riley Allens and the Danny Sermons and the Grady Walkers and the Colin, you know, the Half Lickers and the Colin Ditches and the Pete Fullers of the world to yep. shine and kind of create their own mold, if not break it in the process. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. And, and and happy to have a new identity. We were talking about this last night uh, at dinner. It was my mother's birthday. Happy birthday again, Mom. Mama knew! Great, great time celebrating last night. But, of course, we were talking about college football because that's what everybody's talking about. You know what's up. <laughs> these days. Um, but we were talking about just program building in general. And I stay steadfast in my thought that I think that the key among there's several keys I think to success in modern day life, and I think that those go hand in hand with the keys to success when it comes to football. No matter what level of football you're at, 
I think you need to be able to identify strengths and weaknesses. Yes. Accentuate strengths and mitigate weaknesses. Yes. You need to be able to be self-aware and understand where you are maybe deficient. I think you need to be able to adjust on the fly, make decisions on the fly, be malleable, yes. and be ever flexible. And I think that's a key to... to and, and creative. Creative, for Cre- sure. you got to throw creativity in there, Coulter. No, no question. And I think that that helps you no matter what, whether you're working in in equity and inclusion like you do, sports radio, college football, what business, else? car washing, whatever you want. Underwater basket weaving, baby. Being able to identify and and then accentuate yes. and mitigate is such a huge key. And I, I thought my quote of the week, I went to three Grizz practices this week, and I thought the one that stuck in my craw the most was from Bobby Houck. I asked him, I said, Coach Houck, what do you think is going to be the identity of this team, how's this team going to be different than your teams in the past? And he said, I don't believe it will be. I think that we are going to be disciplined, fundamentally sound. We're going to play hard. We're going to play for each other. We're going to run to the football. We're going to love playing football. We're going to be tough to beat. I really appreciate the principles of what he said, for sure. I think they're very important in the game of football. But I also think that it was a little bit of a short-sighted remark because you can't say you're going to be the same you've always been. Mm. If you're trying to be the same you were back in 2003, that was 20 years ago. The guys on your team weren't even alive back then. You have to be able to be malleable and and flexible, and I I do think that's a key uh, to success uh, moving forward. And uh, that's why I'm excited to watch Sentinel, but I'm also excited to watch the rest of the state in Double A this year. There's been these sort of stalwart programs with these little dynasties going on. Absolutely, and now it's like a whole fresh start. I think I seriously think there's 16 teams in the Double A. I think there's like 12 of them that could be very, very competitive, and I think there's like maybe seven or eight teams that could win the state championship if they put it all together. I year. would say six. I would. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. In the, we're in the ballpark. I'm not going to yeah, disagree. Yeah. I would say that the both land... Both Bozeman teams are going to be very good. Both Bozeman teams. Glacier is going to be very good. I think Sentinel is going to be good. I think Capital is going to be good again, even though they have a yeah. lot of room to, to uh, catch up on. Truth. Helena High is going to be very good. Always. Billings West is going to be very good. Yes. Uh who else? I think Big Sky could be pretty good this year. Big Sky's got several really talented skill guys coming back. To me, like when I look at all the teams in the in the in the Double A, to me, Big Sky is the scariest. Like they they get to they're going to be a spoiler to sure. two teams this year for sure. Like you predicted the NFC Championship, yep, I'm yep. predicting it right now. Big Sky's going to be a, a rat sure. spoiler to someone sure. this year um, because I, they look good. I went to I was at a camp. Uh, a 707 camp with them this summer, yep. and uh, I saw some things out of Big Sky I had not previously seen in years, and uh, in, in years gone by. So I, I, I like your assessment and your insight, Coulter. I also think you know. I also part of me thinks Great Falls might have a resurgence. Sure. Uh, the uh, CMR in particular, and um, it's only a matter of time. It's right? only a matter of time. The pendulum just swings. There, population, it, it, all it, those it, things. It, 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 CMR was the cream of the crop in the double-A for, Forever. for 35 Forever. years when Jack Johnson was the head coach. Forever. Great Falls High has always been good, though, competitive. Competitive. The fact that both has been a little bit down in the last handful of years, yet you have to believe that somewhere, some way, somehow, a group's going to come. And, and I mean, Great Falls is, you know, it's still, the I think, 
third or fourth largest town in Montana. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a population base there. There's football tradition at both high schools. So it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And, you know, 15 years ago, Missoula football wasn't very good. That's and right. now, That's right. you know, Missoula football has been, has been competitive and winners, you know, last several years. So um, the pendulum always goes back and forth. It'd be really interesting. The word parody just comes to mind. For and sure. it's just, it's one of those, there's no clear cut favorite. Uh, when you look at the Helena schools, you look at the Glacier, you look at Sentinel even, like the people that have graduated from these schools the last yep. two or three years like it's almost like you you've gutted the cupboards uh yep. and and and, you, and everyone's kind of in a, i don't want to say rebuilding but definitely in a reloading process um especially when you look at the rosters for both u of n and msu they're all you know the final four teams of double a football for the last couple of years are it's littered with those rosters so with players from those rosters rather so uh yeah parody it'll be interesting friday night lights let's go t minus 12 days, brother. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Uh, it's going to be uh, really There's a great opening weekend on deck as well. Uh, there are a lot of crossovers between the West and the East the first couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Got my eye on that Capital versus Gallatin game week one. That's going to be a pretty good. But well, who's Sentinel open up with? Oh, hold on. I'll tell you here well, in a second. Save it because we got, we got a, a full Missoula High School football segment coming up. But let's roll on some NFL. Rajim Seabrook. Yo. Rolling with me, Coulter Nuanas, here on your Friday Freestyle Friday. It's also a Floco Friday, but we were both up against it, so we did not get a chance to get the coffee. But you should get some coffee. It's a Friday night. You can stay up late. It's the height of summer, no matter where you're at in Montana. There's a Florence Coffee Company kiosk near you. Here's the game that I created last week, and we, uh, we're going to keep playing the game. The game is that we go back and forth. I name a team. Rajim names the player that first comes to mind from that team, and then we analyze what it means about that team. We're talking all NFL right now. My guy. And then he names a team. I name the guy, and we just analyze. We go back and forth. I think we did 13 teams. Of course, I threw away my list, so I'll try to remember so we don't repeat. But I'll I'll start because I know right off the top, the first team that pops up on here uh, is a team we didn't do, the Miami Dolphins. Tua. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua, Tua is the first one that comes to mind. Tua, uh, when healthy and non-concussed, uh, has has been a lethal lefty in this league and has had uh, systemically and systematically has had an organization literally build put pieces around him to get better year by year. Um, the 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 concussed wrist finger. Injury plagued late in year of last season really, I think, took some some wind out of the sails and doesn't allow them to go regardless of the other pieces that are on the field. Tua is definitely the trigger man. So I think a healthy Tua um, changes changes the Miami Dolphins greatly. Uh, to me, they have one of the, the top three receivers in the game and Tyreek Hill. For sure. And the Cheetah. Uh, I think the defense has made some some um, vast improvements. I, I think that's the most underrated part about the Dolphins, actually. Dude, the, and, the, Dol- the Dolphins have a defensive culture because Brian Flores was there. Yes. And they still run the same system. Yes. They built it up around great defensive backs, first and foremost. And Xavier Howard still Say, remains oh, one of the great corners Salty. in the league. And I also thought that Two of the most underrated storylines in the NFL over the last 12 months were, one, how great Jalen Phillips was last year. He was yes. one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Ridiculous. And two, I don't know how I really missed this. I actually didn't know this until until I started watching the NFL Top 100. Bradley Chubb, who's former top, oh, yeah. a former top five pick by the Denver Broncos, he's now in Miami. So if you're talking Chubb coming off 
the strong side and Jalen Phillips coming off the weak side, that's a great pass rush duo. And if you add a, a cover corner to that, that's awesome. So it, it does start and end with Tua Tagovailoa because they built the whole thing around him. But I do think that Miami's going to have a lot of room to build because their defense, I think, is going to be really, really good. I think their defense is going to be good. And, you know, outside of, of, of Buffalo, um, you know, they, they may, they could be the second runners up coming out of the East. Um, if, if they, if they do it right, uh, I look at their schedule and there's, they, they have a chance to make a run. They, they truly do. I think they have the tools. I think they have the coaching staff. Um, and I think they, maturity wise, this is the year that Tua kind of puts them over the top. The the most one of the f- most awesome and fascinating dynamics, but also one of the great testaments to the salary cap and the parity that exists in the NFL. Yes, is the fact that the New England Patriots used to be the only team in the AFC East, and now the New England Patriots are like the de facto fourth team in the yeah. AFC East. Well, I mean, regardless, I, I think Buffalo is a top five team in the NFL. Yes, I think the Jets and the Dolphins are both legitimate playoff contenders in the AFC if they play their okay. cards right. And okay. then the, the Patriots, I think the Patriots could be pretty good this year and still maybe get fourth in their division. We'll see, man. We'll see. I might. I don't have a lot of faith in Mac Jones. Sorry, I, I, I don't. I, I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, Nuwana's Dalia, ESPN Radio, Roger Seabrook, ride with me, uh, Coulter Nuwana's. All right, your turn. You name a team. It's hard because I don't want to regurgitate what was already out there. I I lost the list, so I'll tell you if we did. Okay, uh, let's just stay in the East. Let's go with the Jets. The Jets are good. Uh, The first first person that pops to mind for me with the New York Jets is not a player. It's the head coach. It's Robert Saleh. That's awesome. I love it. Saleh is a great defensive mind. He was an excellent defensive coordinator with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The Jets were, uh, I would say, a good team last year, even though they were outside the playoffs because their defense was great. So good. Their offense was awful. They had so much drama. Oh. Zach Wilson oh, saga. Bye. Joel Flacco's all of a sudden. Oh, and then all of a sudden, Flacco. Mike Way and all these different things. Yet they still had the offensive rookie of the year They had in Garrett Wilson. They still had Brees Hall, who was a great running back before he tore his ACL. The, the narrative is that the Jets were a quarterback away, and then they got one of the great quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to come there. The thing that could only stand in their way, though, because I do think the Jets are going to be a top-10 unit defensively. No question. They, they Sauce have, Gardner, have, baby. I mean, Sauce Gardner's best corner in the league. Period. Quentin Wilkerson's one of the best inside guys in the in the NFL. Quentin Richardson, excuse me. One of the best inside top guys five. in the NFL. Absolutely. And uh, they have great line. I mean, they, they have... It, like I always say, to be elite defensively in the NFL, you need to have an elite player on all three levels of your defense. The mm-hmm. Jets certainly have that. Mm-hmm. They have a good offensive line. They have the best, one of the best young receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. They got so it, the only thing that could stand in the way though is it, I think there's two things that could stand in the way in the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and his and, ego, and Robert Sully. Oh, totally. I don't. I don't disagree with you at all. I think that uh, you know, so far the murmurs that out of New York, out of the Gang Green, has been minimal, which I'm totally shocked by, especially with how much Aaron Rodgers loves Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then Salab maybe not having enough offensive acumen to 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 open up the playbook to 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 do the things needed to keep the defense off the field. However, adding a piece like Aaron Rodgers allows you to open up the playbook and allows a uh, coach to do things that he has not been able to do up until this season. So, we'll see. Okay. Uh, well, it's now ESPN Radio. How about the Los... I almost called them the San Diego Chargers because I can't get it out of my head. How about the Los Angeles Chargers? 
You know, I... I by, by the way, uh, my brother, Brooks, texted What's in. What's up, Brooks? Uh, saying uh, it's Sol, Sala, not Saleh. Sala. So, Sala. Coach Sal, Sala. So, there you go. Uh, regardless. Uh, Thank you Los for Angeles, the correction. Los Angeles Chargers. They're an enigma to me. When I look at them up and down the board, especially offensively, like, they kind of remind me of the Portland Trailblazers of the mm, 90s. Interesting. On paper, you should be scorching this league. On paper, you possibly should be, like, next in line to usurp Patrick Mahomes. On paper, you should be a top five team in the league. But injuries, inconsistencies, aging wide receivers, uh, Justin Herbert taking some ungodly shots when he shouldn't be. For sure. uh, Has left me sort of um, scratching my head. And when I look at all of these questions, it has not so much to do with a player. I'm not going to mention a player. I'm going to say management. Like, what are you not doing to be more successful for this team? You had a move. There was big splash about that. You got Justin Hammer. There was big splash about that. Yep. Now I defend them. They also play in the toughest well, division in football in the AFC West. I'm not going to, you know, th- that that's a big hump to get over. But there's something about, like, you got Justin, you got Austin Eckler, you got all these pieces, yep. but it just doesn't, it's not clicking for, for me or for them. The, the, the dynamic of young quarterbacks in the NFL is very much like 90s rock bands, where when you start to break out, and he becomes super sweet, and everybody loves you. You have this mercurial rise to the yes, top. Yes, great word. And then once you're at the top, we break you down. The fall from grace. Herbert has, has done this rapidly. For whatever reason, I never understood why. I saw him live in person in 2019 when the when Oregon played the Grizz, and I was like, that guy's the number one pick. That, that, that guy looks like nobody I've ever seen, point blank period. The only other guy I'd ever seen that looked like Justin Herbert was Carson Wentz, and I thought Herbert looked better in my time seeing him live and in person. And then he went through this whole senior year at Oregon where people were building him up, knocking him down, building him up, knocking him down. But he still was a top 10 pick. Yep. And then he's taken, he's definitely been one of the rapid risers in terms of his quarterback reputation in the league. And I think ball, most, people, most, most people say he's a top five or six guy. Without a doubt. Here's the thing, though when you're that young guy that breaks into that top five or six narrative, then. You have expectations. Yes. Herbert being able to build it and build it and get close to the playoffs, it's all good and dandy until now he's coming into this year, year three, and people expect him to be one of the five best guys in the league. One of the, one of the five best guys in the league, they go to the championship game. Yeah. They, 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 they get to the championship round or the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts. And, and that's exactly where Herbert needs to be now for him to be – to, to sustain yes. his status in the hierarchy, he's got to get there. They, they 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 have to be an 11 or 12 win team this year, and they have to be a Super Bowl contender for him to still be considered one of those top five or six guys. He plays in the wrong division. He it's plays true. in the wrong division to have that it's happen. True. You're but, talking but, 11 wins. But, but the Chiefs are good. I'm not sold on the Broncos, man. I'm not sold. And on I'm the... also not sold on the Raiders. <sighs> I'm not... It, 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 your 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 testament that they're a good it's a great division is good because I don't think the Broncos or the Raiders are terrible. They're not terrible, and, and a lot of teams, a lot of divisions have teams that are terrible in them. Yes, but I, I I'm just I I know there's a ton of hype around the Broncos right now because of Sean Payton. Yep, and I know that Nathaniel Hackett was a total disaster last <laughs> year, <laughs> dumpster fire. But I also think Russell Wilson just doesn't have it anymore. 
And I, I, I and I don't I don't well, really I don't well, really know if Jimmy G has it at all either. So Jimmy Janky G? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know either. And after watching Geno Smith uh break records <laughs> of Russell Wilson's in that system, did Russ ever have it? Or was he just right. a product of his environment? Another story for another day. Russell Wilson will get incrementally at least better this year because he's he, not playing for Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, they didn't even know when to call a timeout. Those guys were getting in fights during the game. I mean it was, can't it, get was any worse, brother. it was horrible. It was it was pretty bad. It was it was it was like watching Ray Charles trying to coach. Like he just <laughs> was like no one he couldn't see anything. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Amazing. Uh, all right. Well, we're, we're we're sort of on the same page on the Chargers. I do think their their over under win total for the year is nine and a half. Which oh, which I actually think I was is say ten. Is, uh, yeah, right. I'm I mean, a, I'm, a, I'm a ten, ten, nine, ten win guy. For I, I, th- them. I think for them, I think for Herbert specifically to mo- maintain his momentum, ten wins. They need to be a double digit win team. This ten year, wins. And they need to be a playoff team. Ten wins year. and a wild card at, at the very least. But that's that's why the NFL is fascinating, right? Because you got your division champions, but yeah. then it's the it's the battle for the other three spots. Totally. And it's going to be the Chargers versus those teams we just talked about: the Jets, the Dolphins. Yeah, a, a second team out of the, the AFC North, the like Steelers, possibly the, the, the Steelers or the uh, or the, the Steelers, Bengals, or Ravens. One of those three teams is going to be in the the uh, the position to be the second team out of the North. You know what's funny is the 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 Ravens might be the worst team in that division this year. <sighs> See, I think if Joe Burrow is a healthy, I think the Ravens are the best team in that division this year. I don't. But hey, bud, I don't know. My my here, crystal here, here, my crystal ball is a little murky. We do have a little bit of insight into it, only because our guy Marty Mornaway he coached Lamar Jackson, and he, Marty's take is that Lamar is a very unique guy. I think we I think we know that he can Agreed. see that. Agreed. Lamar is very into loyalty, and last year was very hard on him. Because he was trying to find the loyalty. And there was none. But, but then he found it. And he signed the long-term deal. Mar- Marty's whole take is that Lamar Jackson's going to be as good as he's ever been because he knows what he's got now. He's got a long-term deal. He's got the guaranteed money. They put receivers around him. They got Odell Beckham. They got Zay Flowers. There, They drafted in the first round. He's nice. So, I don't know. I, I think the Ravens are actually the favorites in the AFC. North. We'll see, brother. We'll see. More of this uh, haphazard, random, and... Incredibly fun game later on here in Nuanas now, but we got to get out so we can talk some Big Sky Conference football. Sir Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies, but he also coached at UCLA, at Colorado, and at Washington. Yes, sir. None of those are in the same league that they used to be. (laughs) He has thoughts. Coach Houck on conference football realignment right after this. Keep it right here. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is 
that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. That is now on ESPN Radio. So this is what I'm so curious about, about the evolution of pop culture. I, I do know that there's things that can be seismic events still, but in terms of just these like these moments in time that are just unforgettable, I'm not trying to say that crisscross is some sort of world changing deal, but when these when these teenage kids came out and dropped this album and they're wearing their clothes backwards, all of a sudden. Every kid in America, even growing up in Missoula, Montana, had a new Halloween costume. You can wear your clothes backwards. You're like, yeah, I'm just crisscross. That's what we do. Uh, it, it was a it was a moment in time for sure, and uh, what a moment in hip hop history. Uh, what I loved about it was the fact that you had grandmas jumping because you had right. <laughs> you had this and jump around come out within like six months of each other, and everyone was jumping. Right. It didn't matter. And what I liked about it is for the people who couldn't dance, this was super simple. <laughs> you can get down with the get down because the only thing you have to do is hop twice. That's my favorite. Like when you go to the wedding, right? Yeah. If you like to dance, I like to dance. I love to I, dance. I think I'm an, an okay dancer. I'm sure you're a phenomenal dancer. Why, well, thank you. Uh, when they do all the dances that are for the people that don't know how to dance. Oh, God. You know, the Cupid Shuffle and whatever. Cupid, oh, electric Cause slide. Because it, it's all choreographed. Oh, you know it. That's what I'm holding. I'm, I'm always just sitting over in the corner like, I'm not doing this because I don't need to be a part of this. I'll just do my own dance moves. For real. <laughs> Anyways, crisscross, a unique moment in hip-hop history. It's Noah's Dow ESPN Radio. It's the 10th anniversary of hip-hop. 50th. The 50th anniversary. 50th. Excuse me. 50th anniversary. Uh, 10th times 5. Uh, of Grandmaster Flash in, gonna punch you in America uh, this month being celebrated here this month today uh, today today, today, happy is the, today is the deal happy birthday to the youngest genre of music in America I love it let's uh, go very cool crisscross when they dropped that album they were they were so young I mean, so young. I mean how young, were they even were they even teenagers I, twelve they were I like think twelve were or 12, thirteen years old twelve and the the, the thing is though they have sweet rhymes like. That song was like their one hit wonder or whatever. That album is sweet, man. Yeah, if you listen to like that is actually lyrically their poorest song on the uh, <laughs> on the sure. on the album and some of their other stuff is actually isn't too bad. And the reason why, you know, I added it to the playlist was to talk about the the hip hop like I've always said is the one type of music that plays homage to the generations that have come no before, question. which is amazing. The only genre of music that does that. The other thing that I see it um, help promote healthily, and the only other way, only other times I see this is in classical music and in country music, mm. is young artists, yeah, children performing, right? Sure, right. And I'm not meaning like kids that are 18, 19, that are, you know, by society standards, mm -hmm. adults, mm -hmm. but children who actually perform and get records produced. So you had the crisscrosses of the world. You had the BBDs yep. of the world. You had the um, um, the little Bow Wows of the world. Yep. You know, you had the little Kims of the world. Mm -hmm. You had these little, little Sean, little Nikki, like all these um, 
artists that were children that then evolved into adults, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some of them made it, and some of them didn't. But it was—it's really interesting to see the age spectrum of a genre of music touch upon, you know, from the youngest to young to the eldest of the eldest. Um, and hip hop does that really well. In, in the late '90s, there was these there's two blues artists that broke through in such a big way: Johnny Lang and Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and. Here we are some 25 years later, and that was such a uh, a fascinating moment in music history because Johnny Lang released his debut album when he was, I think, 15, 15 or, 16 or 16 years 16, old. yeah. And it was full of so much soul and pain, and then, you re- then, then his life played out, and you realized why. I mean, he had horrible addiction problems, and, mm-hmm. and he's come back around, and now, now he's a pretty famous gospel singer. He's not really mainstream, but he's gotten sober and all that stuff. And Kenny Wayne Shepherd, I don't know what really happened. He, he had two sweet albums, and they kind of fell off the, the map. Mm-hmm. But it, that was sort of a, a weird deal because everybody was so fascinated. How are these teenagers so full of this angst and pain that it takes to be a beautiful blues artist and then it turns out they were at they had horrible angst and pain and that's why they didn't last yeah and it's it's sad because that's what makes amazing music for sure right you know is pain is oh, suffering we, we, is we adversity talk, we talk about it all the time like hosier's first album so oh sweet because, because he had so you could tell he had so much tracy chapman's first album absolutely we uh, should start to get some shine sturgill again sturgill simpson's first two albums oh and now sturgill has has gotten on the straight and narrow a little bit and good for him i i hope that as a person he can yeah but, no when, he, but when he was completely off the rails his his songwriting was unbelievable it's it's crazy how that all uh, goes hand in hand we digress more music history coming up but first yes, sir. the uh, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies on the biggest talking point right now in college football in America well, uh, we'll talk about positive stuff in a minute, but I, I missed yesterday when you were talking about just the, the state of college football. I know you coached at Washington. You've been around football in the West. I mean, I was doing. I went for 35 minutes on Monday. How I, how disheartening I thought it all was. So, what what do, what do you think of just the way that this all fallen apart these last couple of days? Well, I think is a college football fan that that we're going to look back and go what did we just do to the greatest sport on the planet and uh you know i just think all the things the way name image and likeness has gone a totally different direction than it was intended of course um you know transferring willy-nilly without penalty has not been good for for teams and then you throw it in with people jumping conference to conference, chasing the dollar. It's just not good for college football. It may be good for the individual or right. the individual program, but it's not good for college football. That's not what football's about, though, right? It's not supposed to be about the individual, right? Well, I would. I, that's what I believe. Yeah. I don't know that that's, that may be antiquated, I guess. Well, that, but I think I think good teams are going to win, Coulter. Yeah. So if you have a good team and team that believes in the team, uh, you're going to have a chance to win. I mean, that, that's still been a tried and true key to success. I mean, the teams, at this level especially, that have had the most continuity are, I mean, North Dakota State's a prime example. Well, I, I think at any level, right. listen to the NFL guys talk. Totally. The ones that are in the playoffs, they talk about what a strong locker room team they have. You mentioned just, we're going to look back on this, and I totally agree. Do you feel like more regulation would help sort of the state of affairs right now? Well, you know, it's always kind of funny, and you say we're looking to the federal government to help that's always right. been a real great solution <laughs> to anything. But, but there has we have to rein things in I, hopefully things will settle down and we can get some guardrails on this on the uh, positive note let's talk when about i your, say we i don't know where that's yeah going. I, I don't know either i don't know who's, who it's gonna be let's talk about your lines uh first of all the offensive line you, you addressed that as an issue when you first came here but it seems like 
now finally you've got it got it sort of solidified so how important is it just to have experience as a unit and experience as individual players on that front well you know my opinion more than sort of solidified yeah i think we're yeah. there but those guys you know they're hard to find first of all and then they take a long time to develop into guys that are ready to play at a at a high level you know they don't come out of high school ready to do that and if they do we don't get them here right so we take you know I, that takes three to four years in my opinion and we're there and uh i, I like the way our guys have looked i like i liked them uh, a good portion of last season i've liked them all year from january on this year watching chris walker throughout the year last year you, you can tell he's got the talent he seemed to really come along from just knowing how to play the position. How, how important was that to just him sort of settling in the second half of last year? Well, it's not a simple position to play. Right. And, you know, for a guy that spent his whole college career playing defense, it was a whole new world for him. And, you know, he's got all the tools. He's got the physique. He's got the strength. He's got the athletic ability. But you have to, the way to get good at football is to play it. And, you know, he has a year under his belt. And, I expect him to have a really fine season. We're standing over here doing the, the opening day interview, and the D-line runs by singing and yelling like they always are, but there's no more sacks, no more Barry sacks. So uh, how do you think that transition's going? How's Coach Linehan doing? Well, I, you know, there's always transition in coaching. There's always change. It's sort of like uh, college football. It's the same thing. You have players graduate, matriculate. Um, I, I think Mike's done a really nice job with that group. Obviously, we miss Barry. He's a, a character and an awfully fun guy to be around on a daily basis. Is it an adjustment for those guys just because sacks is so energetic and just sort of unique? Well, you know, I think one of the parameters that we operate under out here at every position is to bring energy every day, and so that's kind of expected. Uh, so carry on, guys. They're doing a good job. Dubner, a proven guy on that defensive line. A lot of the other guys, though, they played a lot last year. It seems like they have a real opportunity to become sort of like the household names like Cale Edwards and Hank Deuce and guys like that. So what do you think of some of these up-and-coming defensive ends? Well, the, the better we play up front, the better our defense will be, and that's that's uh, that can be said for every college or professional football team. So um, good play out of the D-line would be would be big for our defense. And um, Governor is, is a terrific player, and uh, – Hopefully all the other guys that were playing around him will have that type of season as well. I thought that last year, Governor would be able to stay fresh because he had such a great guy to rotate with, with Eli Alford, was such a key for you guys. What do you think of Jared Bravos? And is he ready to kind of be that second guy on well, the inside? Backup nose right now is his uh, Cashman. Oh, nice. I like Cashman too. He's doing a great job. and He's he's versatile. He can play them all. That's where he's playing. And then uh, um, the third nose right now is Kellen Dietrich. Mm, very good. So a couple small-town guys. And I know you were really high on both yeah. of their potential when you recruited them. So what have you thought just of the way they just put on weight and sort of acclimated to the inside? Well, again, it's pretty combative in there, and, and uh, especially coming from a small school, you haven't seen guys like you're playing against daily. Uh, so those guys have uh, done a nice job of working their way into the mix, and, and that's off-season and in-season. Last thing for you, uh, a couple NFL guys here, and uh, I know you like it when they're out here, so uh, what do you think that just says about Montana Grizz football? Well, it's it's great to have those guys here. We'll have uh, we'll have every team will be through here between now and October. Every team will be through here at least twice. Um, that's what it's been. So every NFL uh, club will have guys through here. And and uh, shoot, I was just thinking about it this, today at lunch. We've had four former NFL head coaches here practice.
over the last uh, six months. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think, I think, another, stuff. I think another one's on his way. Marty said he's coming down. So Well, great. <laughs> Always good to have Marty. <laughs> There you go, Bobby Houck here on uh, Nuanas Now. It's our Houck highlights. We'll do that once a week here uh, on ESPN Radio. Appreciate Coach Houck for taking a few minutes before practice yesterday uh, to catch up with us about college football. But also some interesting notes there. Uh, Alex Gubner is, I, I believe Alex Gubner is the best player on the Montana Grizzlies. I think he's a, an All-American caliber guy. I think he's the best true nose tackle in the big sky and, and one of the best nose tackles in the country. He was able to thrive so much, first because of his talent, but also because he had a little bit of a, a guy to spell him the last couple of years in Eli Alford. I thought Eli Alford is one of the most underrated players on the Grizz the last couple of years. And being able to rotate those two guys was big time. Jared Ramos broke out in the spring, but interesting notes there from Coach Houck. Noah Cashman is a kid that I've been wondering when he was going to uh, make the next step because he comes from... Tiny, I think he was playing eight-man football there in Grangeville, Idaho. Regardless, he's from a tiny town in Idaho. And uh, a really tough-minded, working-class kid. I was wondering when he was going to take the next step. And the fact they moved him on the inside, maybe that's an elevated opportunity. And as Coach Houck said there, he's running with the twos. And then Kellen Dietrich's another guy that I thought I was really high on coming out of high school. Kid from Haver High School. His old man was the strength coach up there at MSU Northern. So he, uh, he's he got a, certainly a, a lifting background for sure. And he came in as a DN, but the fact that he's playing on the inside now too, uh, that could pay dividends. So a couple young guys to watch there on the Montana Grizz football roster, Noah Cashmitter and Kellen Dietrich. How about some of the top players in the city of Missoula? We'll do a Garden City Spotlight with some of the guys to watch. On the other side, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Rajim is like an encyclopedia, not only of knowledge, but also of hip-hop lyrics. It's crazy. I can't believe you can rap every song we play on here. You can rap from start to finish. It's it's insane. It's amazing what you can remember when you enjoy something. That's true, too. And and I will give my man credit. It's Nuwaz Now ESPN Radio. Rajim Seabrook riding with What's us uh, here on the Friday. Uh the, one of the things I appreciate about you so much is I think that most, if not everybody listening to this show, loves music. Yes. But they don't necessarily listen to music actively. A lot of times we listen to music passively. We're driving. Mm-hmm. We're doing something else. We're we're working out. We're doing all these things. And certainly you're absorbing it, and you're subconsciously absorbing it. It's a great experiment for what your subconscious can absorb. But you, like, sit and just listen to music, and that's all you're doing. Well, I grew, I grew up in a really musical family. Totally. Um, I mean, your dad is my a dad huge and, music background. Yeah, my dad and my stepfather were both master recording engineers. Yep. Tommy, who is one of our producers and engineers, is a fan of my stepdad. and For sure. He's a two-time Grammy Award winner. So, like... So dope, man. Uh, for me, growing up with music wasn't so much... It, it, I learned about music. I learned about music theory. I learned about syncopation. I learned about melody. I learned about harmony. So, like, when I listen to music, I'm listening to it in such a different way than the average ear is hearing it. Right. You know, I'm listening for, for, for five different things 
actively and assertively versus passively just nodding my head and being like, oh, I love this party hook. You right, know what I right, mean? Right, like, right, I'm, right, right. I'm listening for, you know, what, is, what are they what actually is saying? It? it was that it was, I'm listening for lyrical content. For I'm sure, listening man. for flow and delivery. I'm listening, are those electric drums or are those actual drums? Was that a piano yep, yep, or a yep, harpsichord? Yep, yep. Like knowing, knowing your different instruments and things uh, along that line. So then when you get a, a, a beautiful genre of music like hip hop, that is such a menagerie and an amalgamation of combinations of things it's like your 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 ear just hears it differently and you listen to it listen no and hearing two different things no doubt uh special ed coming back here on yes, uh, Nuanas now we're on them a little bit but we're kind of up against it so busted baby busted time for our currency spotlight it's presented by missoula electric co-op missoula electric co-op focused on renewable energy man you down that fast Regime's going to be on fire in hour number two. He's drank a whole yerba mate, so uh, no lotus today, but that's way stronger than a lotus. So here we come. Uh, Missoula Electric Co-op, focused on renewable energy. They've created three community solar programs for their members to take part in and benefit from. Wanted to do just a, a couple notes on some of the top uh, high school football players that are returning uh, in the city of Missoula as we uh, break down all things Garden City. Missoula Big Sky went 3-7 and seven last year, but I, I think the Missoula Big Sky was in a tier of AA all by themselves. I, I actually think there was a two-team tier in, in, in AA last year all by themselves. Big Sky and CMR. Both teams went 3-7, and seven, hmm. so they were outside the playoffs, but they were, they were competitive in games. The teams below CMR and Big Sky were oftentimes getting beat by shellacked, getting beat by seven, eight, nine touchdowns. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking losing fifty-five to nothing at half. I mean, Hellgate gave up eighty to, to Glacier, which was horrible. And and it's it's not it's not great, but I do think that like the Skyviews of the world and the Belgrades of the world and, and those teams they had a, they had a hard time. They, they they were in the bottom tier, and then I think that there was the playoff tier. And then there was the big sky and CMR tier right. where when you're playing those teams, you're probably going to be the favorite, mm-hmm. but they're going to give you everything you can handle. You're, you're walking away with a fat lip. And, and big sky's got players that are tough as hell. Dudes. That's because their coach is tough as hell, man. I, I know that I have a bias for it because Matt Johnson was my first high school football coach. He was my freshman coach at big sky. He's a great friend of mine and he's been a great mentor to me. So supportive of me throughout my entire life. But Completely unbiasedly, Coach Johnson knows how to get a lot out of his guys. Big Sky has a lot of of challenges because of the dynamic of the school, the 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 student body enrollment. There's a lot of different things. We don't need to get in the weeds on all of it. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'm saying is that I think Big Sky going three and seven last year though. I think they have a chance to be pretty good this year. I think they could be a fringe, if not a, a playoff team, if they if put it together. Drew Martins is back for his second year as a quarterback. Boy, he's nice. He is. He's 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 good. He's good, man. He's he's tough. He's he's got, good. He's got a great attitude. He can be a good leader. Mm-hmm. He might he might be just be an average thrower, but they love running the sort of you know zone read type with Wildcat quarterbacks and with yep. the Janicaro boys. They made playoff pushes both times, and I think Martin is kind of like that. He he's a, he's a big strong kid who's tough. Colton Ramos is one of the leading receivers in the in the uh, West last year. Even though Big Sky doesn't throw the ball that much, and Aiden Marceau was the All-State safety, those three guys are good to build on for sure. If Big Sky, mm-hmm. Big Sky's biggest issue has been having depth on the offensive and defensive lines, and having guys that can cover on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. 
that's been the, the and when, and when Big Sky's had that, they've been they've been good. To, they've been good to great. I mean, when when I was there, Big Sky, we had a great we had great fronts and we had great corners, and that's why we were a semifinal team. That that's just the 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 next step. But I do think they have some stuff to build around. Tell us about Sentinel. Who are Riley Allen's where he started? He's a he's a coming back for a second year as a starter at quarterback. Danny Sermon. Is a dude, uh, he's committed to the Montana Grizzlies, a 6'6 tight end. That's a great place to start. What else does Sentinel have coming back? Two initials, son. GW, Grady Walker. Oh, yeah, Grady Walker, of course, committed to the Grizzlies as well. Uh, so so two, two, uh, two Montana commits for, uh, for Missoula Sentinel. He's ridiculous. It's, it's, he's the perfect blend of his mother and his father, reincarnated. Phenomenal athlete, highly affable young man, is going to take the top off of this offense and, uh, several times throughout the season. Um, there's uh, Evan Halfliger, who is going to be uh, in a, a phenomenal um Slot receiver. He's I, going back to freshman year. I called him Dane Oliver Jr. <laughs> uh, so like I he, he kind of reminds me of Dane in Dane's first two years when he played for the Grizz. Um, small but mighty. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on the other side of the ball. You know, Grady Walker is going to be a ridiculous, phenomenal safety. And Danny Sermon is actually going to the other side of the ball this year, playing a little D-end as well. Good. And at 6'6", 250, that is a, that is a tall, <laughs> that is a tall, who can also run. Yeah, for sure. That is a tall task. And, and run and bend. Run and bend. And then, you know, there's a couple of underclassmen, uh, Titus Cooney, um, Ryan Hadel, uh, manning down uh, the, the, the linebacker, uh, Jackson. Um, uh, I, sorry, there's so many names. There's so many kids I, I want to give shine to. But there's sure. going to be guys that are going to be good. They're not going to be the household names of you know sure. the Drew Clumps sure. and the Zach Cruises. Yep. But collectively, as as units, they will be very potent. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, our, you know, Rondo, who's going to be a heck of a running back. Imagine a fire hydrant with legs. Nice. That's Rondo. So love it. Yes, a lot of lot of good stuff coming out of the uh, out of the Purple Rain uh, facility known as Sentinel High School. A quick uh, tangential uh, note: uh, Drew Clough, who was a great uh, athlete at Sentinel, ridiculous, uh, multiple, multiple times state champion in the hurdles, and uh, also an all state football player. He was playing defensive back for the Grizzlies. Now he's playing uh, wide receiver. So his versatility is showing through quickly on Hellgate because I know we're up against it. Um. I, and this is from uh, a person that knows Hellgate football well. Hellgate's going to play a lot of underclassmen up on the varsity this year, but they do have a, a couple stalwart seniors. Otto Seagrave, who's mm. a, an, an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, 6'3", 250. I like that kid. Uh, he's he's going to be certainly one of their captains. Colin mm-hmm. O'Leary. Call it, that's my boy Tim's son. Yeah, there you go. What's up, O'Leary? He's a, he's a nickel uh, slash wide receiver and uh, also a good basketball player for the Hellgate Knights. Isaiah Squires, uh, the, the bell cow running back there for Hellgate, and also going to play a little linebacker. Uh, Ryan Ryland Davis is probably going to be the quarterback there. He's a junior. Jacob Finch, he's the younger brother of Ian Finch. Uh, he's a safety and a wide receiver. And uh, then a, a couple really talented sophomores as well. Parker Link will probably play both ways. As will Evan Pyron. Uh, Evan is the son of uh, our, one of our great contributors, Chris Redpath. Um, but Evan, Evan's a stud. He's a he's a great up and coming athlete, and uh, I think he's got a, a bright future as well. But I, I do appreciate what uh, Ryan Nelson is doing there at Hellgate. Mm-hmm. Mick Morris. It, it, it was a, it was as tough of a rebuild as you could find in high school sports in the United States of America when Mick Morris took over at Hellgate. They had lost. 50-plus games in a row. 
McMorris got him rolling a little bit. Riley Wooster helped the cause big time, Huge. as did a couple of the other. You know, uh, the Salonen boys were there too, and, and I know Brian Salonen, who listens to the show all the time, he's been helping out at Hellgate forever too as an assistant coach. Yes, he has, and uh, he he's got great passion for it as well. But it was a, it was an incredibly tough rebuild, and when they actually broke through and won a couple games, it was like they won the state championship, and that was cool. But now they have. Uh, another plan to take the next step. So uh, hopefully Hellgate's got it rolling a little bit, but I do, I do know they love their sophomore class and they're going to play a lot of sophomores on the varsity, but they also have some upperclassmen leaders uh, as well. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Who should I take number one in my fantasy football draft? Me! Who's got the toughest non-conference in the Big Sky Conference? And uh, whatever else we can get to, probably play some more of my fun games as well. Hour two coming at you. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 